When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As the biggest news story continues to unfold, the biggest news story ever continues to unfold right before our eyes, the mainstream media still cannot put two and two together and come up with four. They still can't see what's going on here. They still have, they're too afraid to reach conclusions that are obvious. Uh, If if you told, if you asked them what Occam's razor was, they'd, 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 they, they would ask if Gillette made it. Okay. As we all know, Occam's razor is, you know, it's the first thing. The, the, if you see something, the, the first idea you have of what that thing is, that's what it is. Okay. So when you see, uh, you know, objects, you know, making maneuvers in the sky and, you know, diving in the ocean, doing things that uh, everything that we have is unable to do, then the first you understand what it is. It's it's made by beings who are more intelligent than we are. And it's been obvious for many, 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 many years now that, uh, you know, these that, that there are beings from other planets coming here. For what purpose? Again, we do not know. But it's been obvious. Now, uh, this past Sunday, uh, I, I, I give credit to 60 Minutes for you know, diving into this, there was a correspondent, Bill Whitaker, uh, had his investigation, talked with some, uh, Navy personnel pilots, um, and they had a pretty decent, uh, news report during their program this past Sunday. And here's an article, uh, from CBS news that talks about, uh, one of the interviews from that report. Uh, the article, you could find it online from CBS news is, uh, in, in the, the headline is Navy pilots recall unsettling 2004 UAP sighting. UAP uh, is another word for UFO, basically. It stands for Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Uh, I don't know why they, what, why the, our government has to change that name. I think UFOs worked really well for as long as they did. I guess UAP, because the stigma that uh, has been created over the word UFO over time. I guess maybe that's the, the purpose. I guess that's okay then. Anyway, here's the article. This week on 60 Minutes, correspondent Bill Whitaker reported on unidentified aerial phenomena, or UAPs, more commonly known as UFOs. Whitaker interviewed two former Navy pilots, Commander David Fravor and Lieutenant Commander Alex Dietrich, who said they witnessed something unsettling and unexplainable while flying over the Pacific Ocean in November 2004. Fravor is a graduate of the Top Gun Naval Flight Program. He was a commander of the FA-18F squadron on the USS Nimitz at the time of the encounter. Dietrich, a former FA-18F pilot, has never before spoken publicly about what she saw that day. It was unidentified, and that's why it was so unsettling to us, because we weren't expecting it. We couldn't classify it, said Dietrich. 
On November 14th, 2004, Fravor and Dietrich were trading with the Nimitz Carrier Strike Group about 100 miles southwest of San Diego. Unbeknownst to them, advanced radar on a ship that was a part of their training group, the USS Princeton, had been detecting what operators called multiple anomalous aerial vehicles over the horizon, descending 80,000 feet in less than a second. During their training exercise, Fravor and Dietrich, each with a weapons system officer in the backseat of their FA-18F, say they were diverted to investigate the anomalous object. They say at first they found an area of roiling whitewater the size of a Boeing 737. And then they saw something strange above the water. We saw this little white tic-tac-looking object, and it's just kind of moving above the whitewater area, Fravor recounted. <clears throat> no predictable movement, no predictable trajectory, said Dietrich. As Dietrich circled above, Fravor went down for a closer look. He said the object was about the size of his FA-18F with no markings, no wings, and no exhaust plumes. As soon as Fravor tried to cut off the UAP, it accelerated so quickly that it seemed to disappear, he recalled. Seconds later, the USS Princeton reacquired the UAP on its radar. It was approximately 60 miles away. Later, another flight crew's targeting, targeting camera locked on to what it believed was the same UAP before it zipped off again, though the camera did manage to capture infrared video of something. Fravor and Dietrich learned from the controllers on the USS Princeton that they had been tracking similar anomalous objects for days, yet Dietrich and Fravor said they had not been informed. When Fravor and Dietrich encountered the UAP, they were unarmed. I felt the vulnerability of not having anything to defend ourselves, said Dietrich, and then I felt confused when it disappeared. Fravor and Dietrich said they endured some ribbing from their fellow crew members about their sighting. While they debriefed the encounter, as far as they know, there was no official investigation, the pilot said. Christopher Mellon served as Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence for Presidents Bill Clinton and George W. Bush, and also on the staff of the Senate Intelligence Committee. He told 60 Minutes that he believes the object that Fravor and Dietrich witnessed demonstrated advanced technological capabilities. Mellon says the UAP appeared to have an unlimited loiter time and exceptional acceleration. In August of 2020, Deputy Secretary of Defense David Norquist approved the establishment of a small group called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, based in the Office of Naval Intelligence. Service members are now being encouraged to report these types of encounters, and the task force will collect, analyze, and catalog evidence gathered by them. What the Pentagon is acknowledging is that there are indeed aircraft that are violating restricted airspace. This has been happening and continues to happen, and we don't know where they're from, and we don't understand the technology, Mellon told Bill Whitaker. Okay, let's just stop with the article right there. They don't? Okay, let's. this is, okay, this is Mellon. Okay, now this guy, uh, he served as Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence for two different presidents, a Republican and a Democrat, and he was also on the staff of the Senate Intelligence Committee. And he just made this statement here. He says, what the Pentagon is acknowledging is that there are indeed aircraft that are violating restricted airplace. This has been happening and continues to happen. And we don't know where they're from. And we don't understand the technology. Okay. The United States, I'm just, this is my commentary here. The United States military is the strongest, most advanced military ever, ever, you know, arranged, established by humankind. And they're telling you they don't know what these objects are. Occam's razor 
should tell you exactly what these objects are. They're in, uh, intelligently controlled technology that are operated either you know remotely or physically by beings from other places that uh, aren't big blue in this big and blue in this in this solar system. Okay, they're coming from someplace else, folks. This is the biggest story of all time. They're telling you. They're telling you. Okay, let's go back to the article for a minute here. This past December, when Senator Marco Rubio was acting chairman of the Intelligence Committee, he asked the Director of National Intelligence in consult cons consultation with the Secretary of Defense to present Congress an unclassified report on UAPs. The report is due next month. Rubio told 60 Minutes that unidentified aerial phenomena detected by our military are not ours. Okay, this is Marco Rubio said this. They're not ours. And, he, and he's concerned they might represent a foreign surveillance threat. We certainly want to make sure that it's not a foreign adversary capability, meaning the Russians or the Chinese have developed some technology. It's a huge counterintelligence threat if that's what it is. We want to take that seriously. Well, it's, it's not from China and it's not from Russia. They don't have something like this. They just don't. It's coming from someplace else. It's been coming from someplace else for a long time. And let me tell you something else, folks. There's, there, there's been a faction within our government that has been operating secretly for many, 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 many years, since at least the late 1940s, since 1947, when these objects became a, a point of concern for the United States military. There's been a faction that knows about this, and it's, it's of the highest secrecy. It's above top secret. It's ultra, ultra, super ultra top secret. Okay. Now, and then now other programs like what's going on here, th those people, a lot of these other people like, you know, that are working for the Navy, the uh, Navy flyers that see these things, Air Force uh, pilots who see these things, uh, the, the people they answer to, the, the people above them, th they don't know about this uh, secret faction within the government. There has to be. There has to be. You know, I'm not going to get deep into that. I mean, we could talk about Majestic 12 and all that stuff, but I'm not going to go there today. I just want to say that there's a faction. Let's not make it this confusing. There's a faction within the government that has to know about this. They have to. Okay, I know for a fact. I know for a fact because I saw one of these objects up close, not not like not through some uh, targeting device. You know, I saw one of these objects up close. It was huge. It had three giant uh, lights on it, like headlights, except much larger, right? It moved in, in a fashion unlike anything we have technologically. It emitted no sound whatsoever. August 1994, that's when I saw it. I was on a fishing trip with a friend, and uh, it was at night, and all of a sudden there's this object right there hovering right above our heads, two, two and a half stories off the, off the ground. It was unbelievable. It made no sound. It moved in ways that nothing I've ever seen moved in the sky. No plane, no helicopter, nothing could do what this thing was doing. It was very, it, it traveled very close to, to trees. Like I, I you, you had to see this. It was unbelievable. So all these years since 1994, so when I saw this thing, I've known, I've known. Okay. I've had, uh, you know, before that even happened, I did have suspicions, but that confirmed my suspicions. So I'm one of the people in this world uh, who, who has known for a very long time and who is telling you.
despite what there's the bunkers out there trying to, uh, you know, spoil this, trying to say, well, well, this is explainable. That is explainable. This is, they, they're not explaining anything. There's, they're, 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 what they're trying to, there is a, there's a group of, there, there's a certain people out there who just can't accept this. That's just too unbelievable to them. It's too unbelievable to them because you know what? There's scientists out there that, that tell you, well, it's impossible to travel these incredible distances through space. So there's no way this could be possible. Well, that's what we're saying. That's what they're saying. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're saying that now, but you know, what are they going to say a hundred years from now? You know, just think in, in the early, uh, you know, you know, a hundred years ago, I mean, you think that all in their twenties that, you know, we talked about this before in the twenties, you think that, uh, 1920s, you think that the people would have thought that would be, uh, the people a hundred years from, from then we're going to have computers and internet and, 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 and jet, jet fighters and, uh, we, we going to the moon. You think we have satellites in space. You think those people, what, what, what do you think those people would have thought about that back then? They would have thought it was crazy. Scientists would have been like, ha, ha, you're mad. You're quite mad. That's what they would have been. That's what it is today. But here, here, we are actually having officials within the government now, right now, within for a while now. Uh, and, and there's a report coming out supposedly next month in June to Congress. You know, I, I'm hoping it's not classified. They're going to, you know, provide more information on this. Hopefully, some more video. Hopefully, better, better video. I'm sure. I'm sure the military has better video of, of what they've presented so far, because I'm sure you know we have high definition capabilities. If uh, one of these people that was on the show that night, uh, an, another guy was was saying uh, this Ryan Graves. You know, he, he uh, another pilot. He was saying that you know they were seeing him every day. Okay, they were seeing these objects all the time. Every time they went somewhere, it says here. Okay, this is in in the in the in the in the transcript from the from that TV episode of of sixty minutes. Former Navy pilot Lieutenant Ryan Graves calls whatever is out there a security risk. He told his FA eighteen F squadron began seeing you he told us his fa 18f squadron began seeing uaps hovering over restricted airspace southeast of virginia beach in 2014 when they updated their jets radar making it possible to zero in with infrared targeting cameras and bill whitaker says to him so you're seeing it both with the radar and with the infrared and that tells you that there's something out there grave says pretty hard to spoof that Okay, these photographs were t that they're shown during this episode were taken were taken in 2019 in the same area. The Pentagon confirms these are images of objects it can't identify. Lieutenant Graves told 60 Minutes pilots training off the Atlantic coast see things like that all the time. Direct quote from Graves: Every day, every day for at least a couple of years. Bill Whitaker, you know, and Bill Whitaker's all surprised. Like the whole time during this interview, Bill Whitaker's like astonished. Like you could say he's almost like he's going to break out laughing at any second. But he says, wait a minute, every day for a couple of years? Graves says, uh-huh. You know, yeah. So every day they're seeing these objects flying against the wind at incredible speeds, making maneuvers that our aircraft are incapable of doing. And, uh, He's telling this right to a reporter's face. This is, uh, you know, and, and the Pentagon's confirming the Pentagon, the United States government, everyone is confirming that they don't know what these objects are. Okay. Let me, again, let me just reiterate. They're not from China and they're not from Russia. In fact, you know, these things have been around for a long time now, everybody. And guess what? 
we they, they still don't know what where most of them are coming from. I'm sure they have some ideas where some of this might be coming from. Uh, you better sit down. If you're one of these people who don't believe in this, maybe you better sit down and, and take it easy for a minute. But guess what? They're here. They've been coming here for a long time. There's nothing any of us can do about it because they're just way more advanced than we are. And there's we've, we're, we're not even a challenge. We're, we're about as helpless as a as an anthill is to a, a a boot with a foot in it. That's that's where we're at. Okay. Anyhow, during this interview, there was some more things he said. Uh, Bill asked Bill Whitaker asked him, "What do you think? What, what do you think when when you see something like this?" And Graves says, "This is a difficult one to explain. You have rotation, you have high altitudes, you have propulsion, right? I don't know. I don't know what it is, frankly." You know, now Graves went on to told he he told pilots he he told sixty minutes that pilots speculate that they are one of three things: secret U.S. technology, an adversary spy vehicle, or something otherworldly. Well, we know that they're not U.S. technology. Okay, they're not U.S. technology. We've been told that by other government officials. Okay, it's not that. It's not an adversary spy vehicle. Okay, if if our adversaries like China or Russia had spy vehicles like that, we'd have spy vehicles like that. And what kind of spy vehicles, you know, what are they doing? And why is a lot of these things around the ocean? You wonder, you know, over 80% of the ocean is unexplored. We have no idea what's down there. So they're hanging around. the. There must be some sort of alien bases down there. That's what's probably going on. Let's face it. I mean, if there if there's extraterrestrials coming here and they want they, they want to they have a presence on our planet, then where they, where's the best place to hide under the ocean? And you know, there's been sightings a lot in the in, in the Arctic, in the Antarctic. Maybe there's some bases up there too. You know, hidden in the ocean. In, 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 who knows? But they're hiding someplace. They have got to go somewhere, right? It's probably easier for them to have if they if they have vehicles that could fly in and out of water like it's nothing. Well, guess what? I'm sure they'd be able to easily uh, construct some sort of base under there. Maybe they have. Maybe that's where the motherships are hiding under the ocean somewhere, and that's where these things go. You know, because. We don't have the technology to chase after them. And if we did, if one of our submarines spotted one of these objects under the water, they'll just, you know, boom, we're going to leave. Boom, we're gone. And then, you know, you know, like just like that, uh, the one that Fravor and Dietrich were talking about, that object. I mean, one second it was, it was there, next second it's gone. It was 60 miles away. Okay. So, you know, these things, you know, they'll, they'll outdo, out, outmaneuver anything we have. Because guess what? They weren't manufactured on this planet. They were manufactured somewhere else. This isn't crazy stuff, folks. This is reality. The reality is they're there. Again, I know this for a fact. I saw one of them. I saw one of these objects years ago. It's almost 30 years ago now, 1994. I can assure you that we didn't make a, we don't make craft like what I saw. We just don't do it. We're just not there yet. Okay? We're just not there yet. And then Whitaker asks, could it be Russian or Chinese technology? Ryan Graves, says, I don't see why not. I see. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with Graves here. It's not. It's not. Bill Whitaker, are you alarmed? Ryan Graves, I am worried. Frankly, you know, if these were tactical jets from another country that were hanging out up there, it would be a massive issue. But because it looks slightly different, we're not willing to actually look at the problem in the face. We're happy to just ignore the fact that these are out there watching us every day. Oh, so there you go. You know, it's it's real, folks. It's been happening. It's going to continue happening. And, um, you know, you know, unfortunately, the news media just is incapable. They, 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 they just 
the stigma. It's the stigma that that surrounds the the the, the possibility of extraterrestrials or you know, visiting our planet, coming here, uh, being a presence here. I got, I guess the only other explanation is I was talking to a friend earlier today and, and he talked about the possibility, well, maybe there's some super other superhuman intelligence that's been on the planet with us the whole time. I, I think there's a small ch- possibility of that. I mean, I, I, you know, I can't completely throw, you know, throw that notion out the door. It's possible. Like say, the, there was some advanced race that many million years ago, hundreds of thousands of years ago, whatever, you know, built some cities under the ocean, you know, and they've been here the whole time. I, I just don't see why, though. I mean, I don't I don't see that one. I, I, You know, these things, you know, it seems like there's always been reports of unidentified flying objects throughout history. There's, you know. Going back to Christopher Columbus, you find them in, you know, ancient cave drawings. They're all, there seems like there's, these things have always been a presence on the planet. But it also seems that they become they became more prevalent after World War II. And again, I believe strongly that it was the things we were doing at that, at that time. I mean, we're probably a fascinating uh subject i mean you know there are basically you know considered three types of civilizations type one type two type three in in the 1960s there was a a, a russian astrophysicist nikolai kardashev who uh came up with a scale to determine the the different types of civilizations there's he came up with three different types type one type two type three we're not even at type one yet so um well, anyway, type one would be a type one civilization, according to an article here from uh, 2016, written by Paul Ratner for uh, the online uh, website Big Think. Uh, the the a type one civilization, also known as the planetary civilization, has the capacity to harness all the energy of its home planet, utilizing all the energy that reaches the planet, like solar, and all the energy it can produce—thermal, hydro, wind, etc. Kardashev described it as having a uh, having technological level close to the level presently attained on the Earth. Um, and then also there was a uh, once we get to what happens after Type One. Well, what's next? We are likely to leave Earth, looking to draw energy from other planets. If we can become an interplanetary civilization that makes make, make that make use of the total energy potential of a star, we'd become a Type Two civilization. That's basically, uh, and that would involve uh, building this mega structure around the called the Dyson sphere around the sun, and and that device would draw out all the energy uh, from the sun, and we, that's how we would power everything. Uh, and here, according to the article, one way to harness the energy of a star is to build a mega structure around the sun called the Dyson sphere. It would completely enclose a star and capture all of its energy, then be able to transfer the energy for use by the home planet. Of course, this kind of contraption would dwarf the Death Star of the Star Wars universe, requiring amazing technology to build and could take different forms. The initial idea by the physicist and mathematician Freeman Dyson in 1960 was that such a structure could, could would cover an area 600 million times greater than the surface area of the Earth. Understandably, the Dyson sphere has become a staple in the search for extraterrestrial life. If you can spot a Dyson sphere out in space, aliens should not be far behind. How close are we to becoming the Type 2 megastructure builders? It's a big jump in capabilities. Uh, 
and it would probably take a thousand to two thousand years. And just to point that out, a thousand to two thousand years to get to type two. Uh, now, uh, scientists, uh, physicist McKay uh, Mikio Kaku, he uh, postulates that it was, you know we're, humankind is a hundred years, maybe two hundred years away from type one. You know, we don't even know if we're going to get there. I mean. Uh, you know, that, you know, people fight against this all the time. People fight against science all the time. So we, we might not even get there. But anyway, the next type of civilization, civilization, type three, is of another order of evolution altogether, probably taking 100,000 years or longer to get there. Kardashev saw it as a civilization in possession of energy on the scale of its own galaxy. Yep, you have to get a whole galaxy's worth of energy to get this advanced. Humans will probably be long since gone by that point, becoming some kind of post-biological cybernetic beings. So anyway, that's where we're at right now. We're, I mean, we're not at. We're not. We're never going to see something like that in our lifetimes. We're not even. Gonna, we're not even going to reach uh, civilization stage one. You know, we're, we're still like animals down here. You know, fighting, killing each other. You know, we're just animals. I mean, you know, that's another thing. You know, why? Why do you think these aliens? You know, people are going to say, well, if there's extraterrestrials, how come they don't? You know, stop by and you know, and talk to us. Well, you know. If you if you've been studying this issue and if you studied it seriously, and you've read all the all the data, all the all the reports, the books that's been written about it, uh, scientific studies, there have been studies done by people outside of the mainstream because mainstream scientists don't want to touch this. They're, they're you know they, 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 because they understand the stigma. They don't want to be stigma stigmatized. They don't want to have that stigma attached to them. Look at Neil deGrasse Tyson. He doesn't he he he, he like denounces this pretty much. Like he doesn't you know. You know, but again, he's just, he's an astronomer. He doesn't understand why these, how these devices might operate, but he, you know, when, when this kind of stuff gets brought up to him, he usually just denounces it because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to, you know, risk his reputation because this could be a reputation destroyer for some, the stigma that comes attached to this. It's just, you know, a lot of people are afraid of that. They don't want to be uh, thought of like that. But, you know, here's the issue with that. You look stupid. People, are, in the, especially in the future, people are going to look back at this time. They're going to see there's certain people like the late Stanton Friedman. He was a nuclear physicist. He, basically, he, he accepted this. He, he knew. And as far as he was concerned, it's real. The extraterrestrials have been visiting planet Earth. There's been a government cover-up about this since 19, at least 1947. He, he, he recognized this. He wasn't afraid to state what he really truly believed. Now, of course, there were a lot of people who tried to always try to debunk him, but their arguments always fell flat. They always fell flat, and they still fall flat. There's just too, you know, there there might some of these objects that are, uh, you know, the some of these videos that are being shown right now, uh, like there was one that looked like a pyramid. Now there's some, uh, there's a guy online who has a YouTube channel, Mick West. He's saying that the, like this is some something that's caused by the. Uh, by the camera like that you know that's possible okay not all of these things that that are are, are being shown us you know there, there could be uh you know other answers to the you know other other uh explanations that's 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 fine but these things like that they're talking about in 60 minutes with the with the fravor and and dietrich seeing that uh, that tic-tac object that's we don't have that that, you know, this is that they really saw that thing. It disappeared. It, it took it basically. It's so fast the thing. It, it 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 looked like it disappeared to them. You know, one second it's there, next second it's sixty miles away in a second. Sixty miles in a second. 
in a second. So, uh, and again, these things could travel underwater. Um, the, the mainstream media is just, you know, they're just, they're so afraid. They're so afraid. Like, just, you know, accept reality here. The, the, the you know, the answer is right in front of their face. The, the Pentagon's telling you, we don't know what these things are. They're not, okay, again, how many times we got to go through this? It's not Russia. It's not Russia. It's not. China, they don't have this. I mean, uh, if they if they did have it, we would have something. Maybe something like it. Maybe like if it's possible, if they did have it, we would have something that's close to it at least, wouldn't we? I mean, we have the greatest, uh, biggest military of all time. We have incredible technology at our disposal. We're the best. We're the best in the world. And we don't have this? They don't have it then. That's what that means. They don't have it then. Do the math. These things, ha- and not only that, again, these things have been coming here for a long time. These objects haven't just been, they, like now they're showing video, the the, 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 the latest video, was, or excuse me, the, the video the, from the, the, the earliest video they're showing us in, in, in these re- recent uh, Admissions is from 2004. I can assure you there's other stuff from 1990, 1980, 1970. There's other stuff that the government has that hasn't they haven't shown us. They have other stuff. There's no question about it. No question. Again, this is a, for whatever reason, you know, and I, I you know, early on, I could understand in the 40s, back in the late 40s, when this, uh, when this stuff you know, people start seeing these things all the time, start seeing saucers and other objects, weird objects in the sky. You know, at that time, I could understand, like, you know, you, you, you're President Truman, and, you know, back in 1947, you're President Truman, and all of a sudden, okay, here, we got something, something, you know, these flying saucers, we finally got one, sir, and guess what? It looks like there's beings in it from not not of this earth. Okay, woo-hoo, And, I mean, think about how the people reacted you know, if they would have known, hey, there's beings from other planets operating these uh, flying saucers, everybody. Um, uh, enjoy your enjoy your night. You know, there, there'd be panic. I mean, it would have been incredible. The panic, the panic. Uh, I don't know what, what you know. At that time, we you, humankind wasn't ready in 1947 uh, for. The, for finding out that we're not alone in the galaxy, in the universe, they, they weren't ready for it back then. But you know, enough time has passed now. You know, it, it's unfair to hold back this information. It's unfair. Like I, in one respect, I'm glad that the Pentagon's starting to come up. You know, going to have this report and everything. But even beyond that, we know there's more than just that. There's more than just that. It's not just, you know, what they're going to show in that report. We know that there's, you know, and that maybe that's maybe there's a good reason for that faction of the government that I was talking about earlier. Maybe there's a good reason to keep the, the lid on everything. There could be, you know, you know, maybe we are trying to reverse engineer some of these. Maybe we I'm, I'm sure that we have uh, retrieved, recovered uh, crash spacecraft uh, or, or, you know, somehow. We, and we're trying to reverse engineer the technology. We're probably, you know, but it's, again, it'd be like a gigantopithecus trying to uh, reverse engineer a, a solar-powered calculator. Uh, I mean, it's just going to take a long time until we finally figure it out. We may never figure it out. Or, you know, we might. If we're, if we're, allowed, if we're around long enough, we'll probably figure it out. But, you know, <laughs> if we're not around long enough, you know, 
we might not figure if we're, if, if it's going to take 10,000 years to figure it out well you know we might not be here in 10,000 years the way climate change is making everything hotter we might be all burned to a crisp by that point i hope not i hope uh, science wins in the end and we we uh, fig, you know figure out that hey we we got to do something about this and save our planet um but again it's time to accept reality Okay, let, let's go back to, you know, you know my, my sighting that I had in 1994 when I was on that fishing trip, um, it, it, that same year, 1994, there was a mass sighting over in South Africa. You know, a bunch of kids in, in a school, you know, came out during a recess and they see the, the uh, flying saucer landed and some beings walked out of it. The, you know, the classic looking gray alien with the big eyes. All these kids saw it. <laughs> you know, it's real. It really happened. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're, how, how are you gonna debunk that? You can't. They, they, oh, these kids are grown up now. They, they, they all, they all, everyone that they talk to, they all say, yeah, that's what was, that's what we saw that day. And basically, these aliens are trying to tell them, hey, you got to straighten out here. You know, you got to straighten things out here. You know, you got, you, you know, your, your planet's in danger. That's what it felt like. They're trying to communicate something to them telepathically. It's real. It sounds, it sounds crazy. It sounds like science fiction, but. Guess what? It's not. It's not. There's things going on, you know, within this, within on our world, in space, in, in in the galaxy, on other planets. You know, some some planets that have life that you know is probably not nearly as advanced advanced as we are. There's probably some planets out there, probably millions of planets out there. Just imagine this. There's probably millions of planets out there that have beasts that are. Uh, very similar to the to the dinosaurs that we had on our planet at one time, roaming around right now. Just imagine that. So if we there's probably or or even stranger than than dinosaurs. There's probably all kinds of different kinds of living creatures out there, planets with savage style uh, life, like like maybe a planet with a bunch of dinosaurs and no intelligent life whatsoever. There could be those kind of things out there. Um, and I would imagine that there are, uh, and there's other planets that, you know, probably have you know, other uh, solar systems where they're, where, that are home to type three civilizations or the, the, who really look at us like, you know, we're dum-dums. I mean, we're just a bunch of dum-dums here. They're not really interested in us because we're just so, you know, nowhere near them in intelligence that, you know, we're as dumb as, you know, dogs walking around, you know animals anyway i just wish the media would finally figure things out here and 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 start you know telling people what's going on it's extraterrestrial there's an extraterrestrial presence here that's what's responsible for these objects that's what's behind it humankind is not there yet we're not able to we don't have the technology to to come up with to to create these to construct these kind of uh flying machines uh and submersible machines you know you know, these machines that can make incredible movement through the air. It's just incredible. Some of them flying out into space. You know, we just don't have it. So it's time for the media to uh, wake up. Mainstream media, wake up. This, this is the biggest story you've ever had. I mean, we're talking about, instead of, instead of talking about this, I see more stories about, you know, that stupid Marjorie Taylor Greene and nonsense that she's talking about than I do about this. 
It's ridiculous. The biggest story of all mankind, of all humankind, and we're talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene every day. I'm so sick of seeing this lady's face. Stop giving her so much uh, airtime. Let's talk about what's really important here, about you know the fact that we're being visited by extraterrestrials. Wake up. You know, you know, it's time. All right, that's it for today. Thank you very, very much for listening.